Alright, hello everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I'm not sure how often I'll be doing these, but I suppose to start off I'll mention uh, I'm in my 20s. Uh, I'm just kind of sitting here in my chair. It's a warm, light environment. It's a rocking chair. It's quite nice. Um, But today I'm going to be talking about autism. I have autism figured it would be a good place to start in podcast, uh, or series, I should say, right. Um, in the future, I'll have guests, of course, it'll just be me, it'll be a little bit easier with that, kind of help keep the flow going, you know, different things to talk about, back and forth, yada yada. Um, uh, as far as autism goes, uh, I'll start off what it's like to try to be normal. Right. So, there's a bunch of different notions on what normal is, but all I have to go off of, of course, is what I see other people do, or what I ask them what normal is, or, hey, I did this, do you think that's weird? <clears throat> and, you know, uh, of course, there's, there's, like, different ways of thinking, so that just that stuff doesn't really process right with me you know so if somebody doesn't either tell me which is another big issue you know some of the a lot of the time I do stuff and nobody tells me that I do do those things uh, eventually it comes up I do it and somebody asks them they're like what did he just do that and they're like oh yeah no that's just him I'm like uh gee thanks guys <laughs> you know I wish you'd let me know because um, I'm really trying my best, yada yada. It's 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 not it's not obvious, you know. With a lot of people that are growing up, they see people their whole lives act quote unquote normal. But I I take in the same information, or I have the same information, but either I don't take in the same information, or I just don't process it the same, you know. So I, I kind of have to progressively work through each individual different thing that I do, you know, um, like some things that are just blatantly obvious to one person, right, or a quote-unquote normal person wouldn't be obvious to me or even cross my mind. I, I, I try to stay in a sort of situational thinking type of state where every decision that needs to be made, every Every different, you know, situation that happens, I I take as its own situation, and I do my best to throw away what I've learned thus far as a reaction, and use it more as information to base my next move off of. So, say if I do the same thing a thousand times, if it happens again, there's a good chance I won't do it that thousandth time if I have even just a little bit of new information, like... For example, somebody telling me that that's a weird thing to do. I will approach the next time, or try my best to approach the next time that I do it as its own brand new situation. The information I have is that that's less than normal, right? So I'll do my best not to do that. But, um, and a lot of this barrier kind of comes with, with talking to people in general, it's another barrier. Um, I call it a barrier. It's more of just a struggle. It doesn't come naturally to me. I don't get the normal kind of flow back and forth that most people get. Uh, it could just because I haven't done it much. Um, but I've, I've gotten a lot better. I've gotten a lot better at it. Makes more sense now that I've tried more. Practice makes perfect. But again, with the some things just aren't obvious to me, you know, I'll do something weird, um, they'll kind of look at me funny, and I have to do my best to actively pay attention to those little social cues where they kind of make a little face change, or they, like, stop talking for a moment, or whatever it is, you know, and, um, kind of go over what I just did, or what I just said, think about how that could be different, and then clarify in the moment to hopefully figure out what I did to fix it in the future and to fix it in that moment right there. Um, a lot of a lot of relationships, um, like not just intimate relationships, but like friendships and such. 
Uh, I guess a barrier would be a good word in this case, in the sense that I'm just not very good at talking to people. Um, I don't really know what to say a lot of the time. If we don't have much in common, I guess that is a normal thing, so to speak, to have an issue with, is not knowing how to talk to somebody that you don't have much in common with, but even when I do have something in common with them, it's hard to talk about that specific subject or anything, really. I'm not sure why. The flow just doesn't really come. I feel like these podcasts might actually help with it. I don't know. But I found that monologuing is a lot easier for me. Just the kind of constant thought process that I have in my head um, normally throughout the day. Just let it out in words. I've been practicing that on my own. Uh, speaking my thoughts so it's easier to explain what I'm doing or why I did what I did. Somebody's like, why'd you do this? It's weird or that's mean. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. I didn't mean for it to be mean. These were my initial intentions, and this is what I should have done, and I apologize. That type of stuff. And there's a lot of anxiety that comes with, with autism. Uh, some of it's from wanting to be normal, or knowing that I'm not normal. But most of it, I, I don't know if it's just part of autism, or what I believe it is, is just that I think of things differently so different things matter to me, things that shouldn't really matter, things that happen a lot, little things, like, I care a lot about just the little, the, the theme, for example, the, the theme in my place, I don't want to call it a theme, it's more of, more of an environment, a mood, I try to keep it perfectly imperfect, is a good way to put it, for example, none of my paintings are at the same level. They're all within a range. They're perfectly imperfect. Not too imperfect, but not too perfect either. None are on the same level, but none are too far from each other. Uh, there's one one painting specifically that is purposely skewed. And, of course, any more than that would be a little too imperfect. The little napkins on my oven, right here, the little hand towels. Uh, one's slightly lower than the other one, but not not too slight, so it's not an agitation. It's significant enough to be an aesthetic thing, but it's also not going too far either. The um, emotions in general, depression, anger. I don't want to say depression, sadness, anger. Depression would kind of spiral from the rest of whatever is going on. Right, um, it's already been eight minutes, what do you know? Um, I gotta stop saying that though. Um, is is bad filler. I'd rather pause, but the emotions, stress, anxiety, sadness, anger. I've, I've, I've learned to control a lot of it. I've been told by therapists that I have bipolar disorder, but, uh, I have yet to get I have yet to talk to an actual psychiatrist or anything, but I'm confident in the diagnosis of bipolar disorder because it fits all the check marks and it's such to such an extreme degree that there's just no other explanation for it. Uh, I don't know if it just comes with autism or if that's just who I am, but uh, a lot of Autism and uh, I would say bipolar disorder is figuring out how to cope with things. I've done my best. Uh, I should say I've done well with avoiding medication and counseling. Right? I, I broke down once, tried counseling to see if it was what I wanted, and I'm glad I did. I, that bipolar disorder really helped me kind of understand what was going on. But I believe that I would have figured it out without them. And other than that, I didn't really get much out of it. I'm sure I could have, but it's more the idea that I need to be dependent on someone for my own sake that I don't like. Because what if one day they're not there? What if one day I don't have something to depend on? What if one day I, I just can't afford the medicine? Maybe the world ends and it all comes crashing down and all I'm left with is myself. Long story short, I'm not comfortable with needing somebody else 
to be okay as a person. All right, so a lot of a lot of this has been kind of inner monologue coping mechanisms, figuring out what's going on, why I feel that way, what happened to make that happen, and what I can do to fix it. Uh, I talk to some people. I say, yeah, I, I know, I know someone with autism, or my my brother has autism and whatnot, but um, it's it's a huge boat to kind of put everybody under. It's it's it is the same disorder, I'm sure, but the way that, from what I can tell, everybody goes about it is incredibly different. You have type one and type two. I'm not very familiar with, but what I can tell. They're pretty much just kind of doing their own thing, and they don't really mind. You know, they have their own things, and they're pretty similar from, again, from what I can tell. I'm not really familiar with that. But I've met a few, quite a few type 3s, gotten close, and we're all quite different thinkers. Um, uh, from, uh, you get the idea. This is all based just off of what I can tell, the information that I have. Because I really have nothing else, you know. There's not too much information. I don't have much to go off of. But from what I do have, it's a lot of inner work, right? Counseling obviously helps get that inner work going. But I don't believe that it's necessary. I am fully confident in saying that it helps a lot. But I would rather have the capability of giving myself that help. Because if, for whatever reason, like I said, I can't see them, then I'm just on my own, you know. Uh, obviously, that's that's a given. I guess the point I'm trying to get across by saying it again is, if I can be my own counselor, then I can help myself improve significantly at all times, throughout the day. Anytime a problem happens, I don't have to wait till my next session. I stop, think about what happened, and fix it then and there, right? So A, it gets to the root of the problem. B, you don't have to worry about forgetting things. The whole, I could go on and on about why that would be beneficial. I, I figure it's pretty obvious at this point why that would be a better option, if it's, of course, a reasonable option. I believe that I've gotten to a point where it is, and I'm comfortable with with who I am, the the progress that I've made, who I'm becoming, I see it as kind of, I was at this point at one point in time, and it was on kind of a low point on the graph, about between there and where I am now, it was upwards on the graph, and then coming all the way up to where I am now, I believe that I'm pretty high on the graph, right? And I, I don't see myself going down anytime soon, I believe I have only upwards to go, and I, I even think that it's going up faster. As I figure things out, the kind of things that hold me back, uh, when I figure them out, it's easy to just stop, right? Just, just no more issue there because I know what's happening. The, the biggest issue with that is being able to, here's another point I want to get across, in the moment. When you're in the moment, it's very difficult to use all that training, all that, that learning that you've done because you're not thinking about that in the moment. You know, the one of the struggles I've noticed that I need to get past is the hair trigger reaction. My biggest issue with anger, for example, um, or I should say the best way that I had to overcome my issue with anger is that I would set my natural reaction to it differently. Every time I got angry, I would do whatever, yada yada, get lost in the moment. Eventually, I'd stop myself and say, no, wait, I need to think why I'm angry and fix the problem. Because I know how to fix my issues. Uh, <clears throat> the, the only issue is that I don't have the intent to do so in the moment. And I just keep doing that over and over again, shortening that time that it takes to figure out, oh, hey, I'm in the moment again. And it's gotten to a point where if I feel anger, I automatically have that reaction. Why? Why am I angry? What's happening? What just happened? What am I thinking? What caused this anger to happen? 
And sometimes it's just, well, that's just how things are. If that's the case, there's no reason to be angry. I can't control it. Let's just do what we can do about it, right? If there's something that I can fix, yet again, no reason to be angry. Let's fix it. There's two options here, really. You can or you can't fix it. Either way, I don't believe that emotion should be able to control you. I believe emotion is there as a tool to use. Uh, my favorite example is with anger, actually, is for motivation, right? Like a good example, a predominant example in my life is work. Um, I, I have a pretty fast-paced job. And so if I'm ever falling behind, I'll kind of use that saved-up anger... You know, anything that's bothering me, I'll just kind of let it out all at once and just go absolutely crazy all in one moment. But, again, it's a tool. You don't just start swinging a hammer. You control what's going on. You use it to your benefit. You're not in the moment when you're releasing your anger. You're using your anger alongside your thoughts. You're you're conscious of what you're doing, but you're also just absolutely pissed, and it's useful. Um, a lot of a lot of who I am at this point, uh, what I've worked towards, who who I'm trying to be, right? Um, I believe a lot of it is held back by a lot of how I was brought up. Not that I was raised improperly, but that in my own head I had no idea what I was, what was going on, or who I wanted to be, or that I didn't really even realize that anything that was happening would have a long-term effect on me. I didn't realize that I was setting those hair-trigger reactions to emotions uh, improperly. So. Now that I realize, it's a lot easier to not have those issues in the first place. But of course, a lot of those issues are kind of already happened back in the past, and it's just fixing it at this point. But uh, coping mechanisms for those, uh, a lot of it's just kind of flicking a switch, getting out of being in the moment, like I was saying earlier, where you're in the moment, you're thinking... Why? You know, bam, just stop, switch your train of thought, get back to being who you are. Think of who you want to be. Don't let how you were raised by whoever or by yourself, uh, that's a bad way to put it, how you grew up. There you go. Because that's affected by parents, environment, and your own mental state. Right? So however you grew up influences heavily who you are, who heavily who I am, and I don't like that. I do my best, I have done my best to throw most of it out, completely out the window, and think about who I want to be as a person. That's why I'm so different today, that's why we're all so different today, is because we have these ever-changing influences on who we are, but the thing is, what I've done or what I've tried to do is cancel out the external ones completely ignore them altogether and only let myself influence who I become and I believe that ideology has helped me a lot uh, with overcoming all of this um, the, now different people think differently different people have different ideas different people want to be different people I've noticed different people have different personality types. Like, you can meet two people and swear they're the same person, even though they've never met and never even been with each other before, right? And I say two people. That's a huge uh, under-exaggeration, if that's a word. Like, I've, I've met a solid... I think one personality type, I like I like to call it type F, I've met a solid five or six people, or not met, I've seen, I've met two of them, I've seen total five or six people with this personality type. Now some types, it's, it's really easy to tell, because those types don't let those growing up influence them, or uh, how they grew up, they, they, their personality naturally throws out all of that stuff because they're just usually a happy-go-lucky type of personality or an I-don't-care type of personality. The, the happy-go-lucky ones, oddly enough, are the ones that 
most commonly stick so violently true to who they are as a person. And it's really easy to tell because it's like they're brothers. Um, I've seen four of those now, of the one I'm thinking of in particular, but of course there are different variations and such. But uh, through abuse, no abuse, uh, uh, trauma, no trauma, whatever would heavily influence somebody, you know, their environment, rich, poor, yada, yada. Um, well, I don't know that one. I, I'm not sure if they were rich or poor. But the other two, they, they stayed true to who they are without even flinching. You can tell they're genuinely just being themselves because that's who they want to be and that's who they know they are. And they really don't care about anything else. And that's that's what I try to stick to as well because that's not who I normally am. My instincts, who I grew up to be, is an angry... Uh, not bitter, but overreactive person. Always anger is, is my biggest thing. Um, sadness comes in a lot, but I think that's just a part of life. But uh, the, these personality types, a lot of them have, I've noticed, just their base personality, whether or not they grew up similarly, their base personality will have issues with certain emotions. Like that, that one that I had known five or six of, uh, anger is their biggest one, but like really bad. Just horrible anger issues. And they all are smart people, from what I can tell, who learn how to deal with it on their own. And some still struggle, but I, I haven't kept up with a couple of them. Um, and and through all of this, I'm I'm trying to be very careful with my words. I always try to be careful with my words because a lot of my life has had issues with misunderstandings because of uh, tone control or just flat out using the wrong words. And tone control is something I struggle with. I'm working on it, but it's something that I slip up every now and then, and I know I do. And then... Um, Along with tone control, just generally not saying things correctly, right? I try my best to be very careful with the words that I use. I'm in constant, constantly paying attention to the exact phrases that I say. Now, there are situations or conversations that inherently don't require that careful wording because the kind of uh, mood or the idea behind the conversation is already known so you don't have to worry about that misunderstanding. At that point it's just get the information out because they understand where it's coming from. But if you don't have that initial kind of understanding of what's going on, right, then a lot of the time I come off as an angry person. Um, even though I'm not actively angry. Now, I don't believe this has anything to do with my personality type of being naturally angry. I think it's just I word things as to the point as I can possibly do because I like to be precise and quick about things. I, I like efficiency, and that a lot of the time comes off as rude or angry or so I'm told, of course. Again, all of this is just based off of what I know, what I've been told, and what I've noticed. It's just doing my best at this point. But um, things like sarcasm, for example. I had a lot of issues with sarcasm growing up because uh, those things that just aren't obvious to me a lot of the time uh, are used for funnies in sarcasm. And I listen to it. I don't understand it. I'm like, well, why would you do that? They say, no, no, no. It was sarcasm. Not to say I don't understand sarcasm or I don't find it funny. It's just that it's hard for me to recognize when it's being used. Maybe it's because I'm not around it enough, which I don't believe that's the case. But, um... Whatever it is, I it's another issue that I've been trying to work through, and I think I've gotten pretty good at. 
And it's not just sarcasm, it's just figures of speech in general, right? A lot of autism, I've noticed. Uh, you take things literally. Take a lot of things literally. Uh, like I said, careful wording. I kind of naturally want to word things carefully, whether or not there's an issue with misunderstandings. I just have a natural attraction to wording things precisely. And... It gets in my head that other people feel the same, even though I know they don't. So whenever you say something that you don't mean exactly, I sometimes forget not to pay or forget to pay attention to that fact, and so I take it literally, and that causes, of course, more issues. Uh, one way that I've been working through that is to constantly be open-minded about everything being basically not what it is which uh, I try to do that anyways, whether or not there's an issue. Open-mindedness is always a good thing. But with the things that just kind of go over my head, I try my best to be open-minded and think of possibilities, uh, things that they could also mean. I try to be the, the whole half glass half full versus glass half empty. I don't like that. I don't like things being black and white. I don't believe anything is black and white. I believe everything is on a spectrum. And I believe that in this specific scenario of optimism versus pessimism, it's best to use both to your advantage. Look at the positive, look at the negative. Look at it in this light and look at it in this light. And use both of them as information to figure out what's really going on. Because right, if you look too good on something, you'll have usually bad outcomes because normally stuff isn't that good if you have negative things then you just won't get any positive out of it and it's everything kind of has a balance to it uh, I, don't, I don't like to use now that's that's part of a bigger umbrella idea that i'll talk about in another podcast but i don't like to use the phrase yin yang i think equivalent exchange is a better idea cuz it covers more ground more of what the idea is at its base i believe heavily in equivalent exchange uh and part of that is of course everything being on a spectrum almost nothing is black and white a lot of how people think nowadays i don't know if it's always been this way but from the time that I've been paying attention, uh, it's always, well, this or that. And I've done my best to get it into my head to, again, have that hair-trigger reaction, think, okay, well, what else? Is there any in-between? Is there any outside of what you're saying? Is there anything parallel that you aren't even thinking of? Uh, again, with the open-mindedness, it always helps to be open-minded, thinking outside of the box. Yeah. And I, I've been trying, I've been trying meditation lately. I believe that a lot of these issues with autism, um, like I said earlier, come with the kind of self monologue, the, the internal conflict kind of counseling type of thing. That was a bad way to word it, but you know what I mean. And it really helps to sit in a low stimulus room. Right, not much sound, not much movement, maybe like a rocking chair and a cup of water. Um, just kind of sit and think, or I'll, I'll go on drives, for example, and just to work on whatever issue I may be having, or whatever issues I want to work on at that moment. Uh, so, that's about it for this podcast. Um, next time, I'm not sure what we'll talk about. It could be either religion or just ideology in general uh, I'm not quite sure yet but whenever I start it I'll, I'll have a good little list of notes things to go through might have a guest who knows but um, I'll try to make that one an hour instead of 30 minutes this one's more of kind of a kind of an intro feel out what's going to be happening kind of for me too as well see, see how this all will work what all will be happening, the vibe that it will be, if I even want to do it, you know. But I uh, hope to see you guys next time, and enjoy the rest of your time. Alright, hey there again guys, uh, I'm back with another podcast. I've got a guest here this time, uh, for the sake of simplicity, we'll refer to him as Out. 
Hey guys, I'm the surprise guest. Name's out. <laughs> no. um, but today we're going to be talking about uh, life, religion, and kind of whatever we branch off from there and try to, of course, stay close to home, yeah. you know, give it a theme. But um, uh, I, I know, I don't, I, I think a lot about this, obviously. I feel like a lot of people do, especially in particular the afterlife, which I feel like is a good place to start. But you have a lot more knowledge on the whole religion side, which a lot of afterlife comes from years and years of people building up what they believe could be possible or what they believe is possible, and that is saved in religion, which, which of course, you know more about. There's some stuff about the meaning of life, the purpose of life, and such like that, the difference between them, you know? Yeah. I mean, grew up in... Growing up in two complete different religions kind of gives you a lot of experience on both of them, you know. So, I don't want to particularly name out a religion because, you know, there's some people out there that really like to be biased. But, you know, I have a lot of experience with two different cultures, especially growing up in two different countries. Met a lot of different people, you know talk to a lot of religious leaders and got their thought process and from what i understand you're mainly muslim right no no at one point you were um i don't i don't know man i don't believe in anything anymore i i, I get that i what i kind of i, I believe it's called agnostic where you believe there's something but you're not sure what it is could be wrong that don't quote me but uh, I only ask that because I have, or I should say I'm interested in the idea of reincarnation. Is that a Muslim thing? No, that's no. Buddhist and Hinduism. Buddhist and Hinduism. Again, that's yeah. religion, not my realm. You know. <laughs> it's nice to have you here for this specific podcast. But, um, so what do you know about reincarnation then? Um, what I've learned is... In, Buddha, in Buddhism, if so, people believe that once you die, if you lived an honest, true, and good life, then you can work yourself up to be with the gods. So you can become one with the gods. But if you're very dishonest, greedy, and just a very disrespectful person to others and selfish, then once you die, you go back to being like a, a cow or an ant. Like, that's why most of them are, um, what was that? Vegetarian or vegan? Vegan is where you don't eat any meat, right? Any animal product. Vegetarian is meat and vegan is animal products. Yeah, I think most of them are. I think. That's why most of them are vegetarian, because they feel like they're eating somebody. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, standards, uh, that's assuming that, uh, I feel like that makes a lot of sense, assuming that we're sticking to the religion standards, uh, they have reason to believe these things, I'm sure they have, you know, it's, it's a years, years, decades, maybe hundreds of years, again, not my realm, but um, worth of... of whatever they were using as their source um but of course there's a thousand of them out there there's who's to say which one's right which one's wrong maybe there's all what, what i believe is that personally right i believe that there's something out there that is playing the role of whatever role it needs to play and that it forms these religions to keep people in check because you're never in my opinion gonna have one religion one master religion that everybody's gonna believe I believe that today, Christianity has a pretty strong hold because it's a pretty reasonable, agreeable type of thing. But of course, there's people who, A, just don't grow up in the right situation, or B, don't grow up, or not even that they don't grow up believing it, but just that they themselves, who they are, don't believe in certain things of it, or don't agree with parts of it, and so they have their own other things. And sometimes you either don't find the right religion or you just don't believe that there you just flat out don't believe that there is anything right that's an atheist i believe but um with reincarnation 
assuming that we're sticking with what their standards of it are, like if you die uh, after a good life or an honorable life, you come back as something better. Or if you die of a bad life, you come back as something worse, obviously. But there's obviously the chance that it could be completely true that reincarnation is real, but maybe just those standards aren't real. Or maybe what Christianity is uh, trying to tell you isn't fully correct. Uh, I believe that every bit of religion has the main idea to get across, right? Yeah, I agree uh, with that. And this comes a lot into morals, right? In my opinion, what I believe for morals are is don't screw someone else over, right? Like, it's a pretty much universal don't murder, don't steal, right? Yada, yada. I believe that's because it's affecting someone else. But then everything other than screwing other people over in religions, it's pretty vague. I, I believe it's, that's the case because the main idea of whoever this is is trying to get across is, is to just not screw other people over and let them enjoy their lives as it's supposed to be enjoyed. Man, yeah. you know, humans are always going to have conflict. That's just how we're built. No matter what, everyone's going to have different thought process. Everyone's going to have different ideology. That's just how humans are. That's why there's so many different religions today because... You know, people disagree a lot. What I believe is that you just have to follow your moral compass. I don't care what anyone's beliefs, their skin color, anything like that. As long as they have the right moral compass, then we can get along no matter what. And that, that kind of tracks back to like the first the podcast I was talking about trying to stick true to who I am. And who I believe that I want to be, uh, sticking to those morals of what I believe morals should be in the sense that just don't screw other people over because what else? Uh, I don't know. There's, there's a lot that goes into it, but I, I'm curious. You were talking about conflicts that were always in conflict. What are your ideas on heaven? Is all conflict to stop? Because humanity seems to be conflict-driven. So, like, wouldn't that drive some people insane, do you think? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't really believe in heaven. I feel like people just created it to reward somebody that is very good, selfless, and humble. I, I, what I don't I... really have that many, you know explanations of afterlife because we really don't know we're just a bunch of sack of cells trying to survive on a floating rock yeah and i in my opinion what heaven is is people wanting to believe that there's something better and that if they do their best if they earn it right because it's hard to believe that you'll just die and get whatever you want I believe that people want to convince themselves that if they earn heaven, then they'll get heaven, because they don't know what's after, what happens after you die. That's terrifying, right? Uh, the, the fear of the unknown, and so they want to give themselves something to hold on to. And I think that uh, it's easy. You know, there's a lot that goes into this. Again, there, there could be probably several podcasts from this. Uh, too long getting read the point I'm trying to get across. Whatever or whoever is out there, if there is anything at all, I believe that the best bet that we have is to just do what we believe is right and don't follow a religion. But I have tried my best to do at least some research because, like I said, I don't know much about it. Right? So look around to see what religions say <laughs> and then um, kind of try to get what what their point is like why why they say what they say and see if I agree with that and figure out who I am or, or who I want to be right I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to say don't follow religion because some people really need it in their life to get through the day it helps them mentally and emotionally so it helps you go ahead you know yeah 
if it helps you get through your day and makes you feel better, then it shouldn't matter. But, you know, we can list unlimited possibilities of what's after life. We can list what is all day. So what I mainly want to focus on is life in general. Right? Yeah. The meaning of life. The meaning of life. Okay, that's a good point. Really quickly, I have two more points on the afterlife uh, before we continue with that. Um, you were saying that if it helps you get through the day, uh, don't follow or don't throw out religion. I think I worded it wrong. Again, with that first podcast talking about misunderstandings, um, what I should have said is I believe we should create our own religion, like how I was talking about looking at religions, seeing what you believe, figuring out who you are, again, to the first podcast, throwing out what you grew up with. Right, Who you grew up to be shouldn't matter if you know who you are and who you want to be. And so... Uh, the idea of kind of creating your own religion, I feel like, is a good way to kind of put that idea. And and you were talking about one more thing, the conflict, right? I, I believe that humans are conflict-driven, and, and that always, if you did get to heaven... There's um, always a resolution. Always a resolution. What do you mean by there's always a resolution? Conflict, resolution. It's a cycle. And then conflict again. And then conflict again, and the resolution again. That's what's happened during, throughout human history. Yes, and then if at any point in time that conflict stopped, then what? Sure, it'd be nice for a little bit, but I doubt that we'd be able to sit there and just... I mean, I guess I guess hypothetically, it is absolutely possible. I've never experienced a lack of conflict, but that's just it. That's all I've ever known. Uh, would we be okay with it? Would we not? Uh, I made the mistake just now of taking a stance on it and believing that it is not likely well what, what i should be saying is it's an interesting thing to think of whether or not we would be okay with the lack of conflict that you wanted to talk more about life itself as opposed to the afterlife yeah i want to start with the meaning of life versus well, the purpose of life well the purpose of life would come later on but i want to start with the meaning right and then the purpose because the meaning and purpose have a lot of space between them. So the, what do you think the meaning of life is? So what do you think we're put on this rock for? I, when I hear, first I want to understand what the phrase meaning of life, when I hear that I think why we're alive. Is that what you mean? Yeah, what we're basically doing here, what we you know, you know what I'm talking <laughs> not, about. Not what, not what we're leading to, but uh, it's hard to explain. Shoot, it's a very broad topic. There's a lot of inputs yeah, and outputs. If if I'm just, <laughs> um, if if I'm just to talk on the subject of, or on the question of what do you believe the meaning of life is, I would say there's a bunch of possibilities. Again, involving religion. Hypothetically, let's say the Matrix is real. And, oh. <laughs> yeah, in that case, that's a whole other can of beans, right? Because for batteries. If 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 the Matrix is real, we could be here for fun. It could be one giant video game, and we are genuinely playing a game of life. Maybe it's some sort of outside government. Maybe everything in here is the exact same as it is out there, and this is all a giant government experiment. Or uh, let's say that it's not the Matrix. Conspiracy theories one on one conspiracy theory so it's not even a conspiracy theory at this point it's just well i guess that depends on the definition of conspiracy theory i'm not not really sure but uh, out of the matrix it could be that there is no meaning it could just be the big bang maybe uh aliens made us and are trying to do experiments instead of a simulation um i'm gonna be completely honest with you from what i've seen the information I've gathered over my life. I believe it's most likely that it's some sort of, not necessarily a simulation or a matrix, in the sense that those are things based off of what we know in this world, but something similar, if not exactly the same, right? Just something that is procedurally run, 
Right, based off of ifs ands and buts and yada yada. You're getting very technical in this, but it was meaning of life is very spiritual. What do you mean by spiritual? Spiritual, like you yourself inside. Meaning of life in that you're on a constant quest to find who you are? Yes, basically. You're always evolving. You're always changing. You're always adapting. Now, what I was talking about earlier, hypothetically, if you were to find out what you wanted to be, who you wanted to be at some point in time, what if you got to that point? What if you, at least to a reasonable point, worked out all the major flaws? Sure, you can always be working on little things, but do you think that we could come to a point where we're comfortable and just say, yes, this is who I am? Or do you think that we will always be changing significantly to the point that we will, at some point in our lives, become a completely different person? So, when humans are little kids, my grandma always told me they're like little saplings. They bend very easy. But as we grow old, we start to grow into a tree. How can how can a thick tree bend? Right, that makes sense. That makes sense, right? So, as we get older, we start adapting less and less. So at that point, you start to find yourself who you are and your goals and your morals. So, once we get to that point, it's already time for you to die anyway. Here's an interesting thing. It's, um, uh, it's funny you brought that up. Um, hypothetically, if that were the case, what if we were to live forever? You're saying that we would always be the exact same person down to a T after a certain point? Well, immortality comes with a lot of things. Like, if you're immortal, your brain doesn't age. Your body doesn't age. Well, that's assuming that our personalities are based off of our brain. And that, again, with the whole religion, meaning of life, yada yada, are we in our brains? Um, or are we a soul put into this kind of mecha suit and we're running alongside this, this kind of neuron-controlled robot? Dude, for all I know, we're just a bunch of little electroshocks, little cells sending information to each other. And that's where you branch off and have two possibilities, uh, yes or no. If the case were that we are just a bunch of neurons and we were to live forever, do you think that we would eventually come to a solid state and always be that big tree? Or do you think at some point that tree would start to rot? I feel like you... There would be a point where your te brain teach, where your brain reaches its storage capacity. Okay, what if we were put into computers then, and you didn't have to worry about the storage capacity? Then you'd be like a living encyclopedia, and just I feel like if that were the case, at some point, it'd be a reasonable possibility that we'd all become an identical tree. Cause I wouldn't think so. You don't think so? You think that we would always... Because if we're just a sack of neurons, right? you don't think that we would eventually see things as they are for their exact value over however ridiculous amount of time that goes by? All right, let me put it like this. There's one sack of neur neurons who's been abused to be treated like crap. And there's another sack of neurons that's been well taken care of, loved, given everything, and has ha everything handed to for all their immortal life. Same with the other sack of neurons. You think those two would exactly be identical? No, this is where I'm getting confused. You're saying that those trees would harden into either that catered for person or that beaten person, as opposed to them finding who they are despite their upbringing. Because that's what I was talking about. Well, you like to talk it in video game and computer stands, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. So, 
You know how when you play a video game, you have stats to increase every time you level up? Right. Those two would have complete different stats that have increased throughout their life. So, what I try to do with my life is throw out every stat that I have and just focus on the stats that I want to have, who I want to be as a person. But hypothetically, if that's not the ideals of these people, um, you're saying that they would only ever come to know who they are as a person based off of their experiences as a sack of neurons. Yes, yes, as a sack of neurons. <laughs> uh, I, I like that. <laughs> I, like, I like that conclusion. That, that that makes sense. Now, how about the other side? What if we're not a sack of neurons? What if we're our best guess of what a soul would be? Do you think we'd all just be based off those experiences? Yeah, I feel like. Uh, so your moral compass stays the same, of course. If you're just a piece of crap, you're just a piece of crap. And if you're in, in the middle, then you're in the middle. And then what your upbringing influences how you are. But your moral compass is the same. So you always have the same ideals, but you'll just go about it differently. As opposed to being purely your upbringing. And hypothetically, two people with the same upbringing could be the exact same person. As opposed to two different souls with the same upbringing could come up completely differently. Repeat that first thing again. If you have two sack of neurons <laughs> who have the exact same upbringing, then they'll come out the exact same. No, they'll, they'll have different moral compasses. That's, no, this isn't a soul. This is just a sack of neurons. So hypothetically, morals are just based off of their experiences, or do you believe otherwise? Well, at that point, then you'd be calling humans basically robots. Well, Whatever you program them to do, they'll do it. That's why I like the phrase, a sack of neurons, because if you are not a soul or anything but the neurons in your head, it would literally be a case of if, and, you know, or... Now that I think about it, people that I've known throughout my life, some of them just don't have personality. So yeah, I really do believe that. You believe souls? No, if two sack of neurons. I feel like there's people who have souls, and there's people who, have, who are just sack of neurons. I agree with that. that. That follows what I believe. Some people just do not have personalities, dude. It's so frustrating. I believe that you have... Uh, uh, we should come up with a name for it. These, these, the sack of neurons, obviously, we, we can say that we're all human. We'll say that these robots, right, versus somebody who has a soul, uh, hypothetically in the Matrix, we'd be plugged in, right, or in not Matrix, it would just be a, I would assume, some sort of typical soul, or maybe a fourth dimension controlling. We're literally explaining Matrix people who are plugged in are actual people who have souls and, and then the people that are created by the matrix are the people who are sack of cells and that's what I was talking about it's it's weird the more in in my experience the harder you think about it the more it seems like matrix is the way to go because it all fits together so perfectly in nice little wrapped up package but it kind of sounds stupid, though, because it's, it, it's, it's all, Yeah, but the whole idea of this entire podcast is to have nothing but an open mind. Because here's the thing. The only thing we know is nothing. Yep. We know nothing ever, no matter what, no matter how hard you try or what you see. If, if, if I drop this pen, I have no idea that it will hit the table. I've seen it hit a table a hundred times. So I will assume, I will make a prediction that it will hit the table, because that's all I can do. And if I see it hit the table, who's to say it really hit the table? Am I in a dream and there is no table to be hit? Am I uh, watching a hologram that had a sound come out of it and there's no pen in the first place? Or maybe I'm delusional and it actually hit the ceiling because we don't understand the laws of physics fully. I don't like to list what ifs because we can do that all day. All day, and that's exactly what I was talking about. All we have to go off of 
is experience. is experience. So we can only make predictions. Okay. Let's move on from that topic. What do you think the purpose of life is? Purpose of life, like why we're here. Yeah, what you're put on here to do. In my personal opinion, from like I said earlier, just gathering the data that I have, crunching whatever I can, I believe that we're just here to have fun. And that's why my moral, or why my basis of morals is that of don't screw other people's game over, so to speak. Because they're just here to enjoy their time. You're here to enjoy their t- your time, so... Don't grief anybody's Minecraft plot, people. <laughs> Don't grief anybody's freaking Minecraft plot, exactly. Because <laughs> it's, it's just a douche move, and I, I believe in karma. Yes, and, I really do believe in that, too. Yeah, we can do a whole section on that. Uh, let's see, karma, um, destiny. What do you believe in destiny? Like, is there a set... Like, like, hypothetically, if it is a video game, like, there are certain major events that we wouldn't be able to control because it's following a storyline, so to speak, and we're just doing our best to not die. Are you meant to people who you met? Are, you, are you meant to meet people who, you, who you've met in your life to change you, to make you better, or to worse? I feel like, in my opinion, that the people you meet um, don't necessarily, obviously, exceptions. I believe sometimes you'll meet a person because you have to, because of the storyline. Maybe you're just part of moving it forward. Or maybe we have nothing to do with the storyline, and that's all controlled by the robots. Um, or maybe it's just natural events, things that aren't controlled by these robots, or in this case, there would be AIs would be a better way to put it. But um, here's here's another thing, though. If it wasn't the Matrix, if it is a bunch of souls and there's a heaven or a god or something, um, in, in, in any case, what would your idea of the purpose of life be? I feel like the purpose of life is to live your own, as anyone would say, you know, work hard, work true, be kind to others. Of course, you can't love everybody. Some people are just douches. Yeah. You know? Like, our customers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I feel like the, the the main purpose of life is to live an honest, true, self-respecting life. Respect your others as well. And at that point, it comes to experiences. And and another thing on that, you said like some people are just douchebags, um, and obviously that happens a lot in life, right? I feel like when I encounter those people, with somebody who's just unbearable, I try my best to just continue not screwing their game over, and like, cause hypothetically we'll say that there's a very happy douchebag. Someone whose life is just awesome and they don't care about anyone else. If I were living that life, like, heck yeah, I'm winning, right? Hypothetically, if I were in that life, I understand it's wrong. I don't believe they should be doing it. But at the same time, I want them to be able to enjoy their game because they're not screwing mine over, right? Even if they, like, do something mean to me, like, oh well, as long as they're not legitimately screwing my life over, I'm okay with whatever douchebaggery comes out of it. Enjoy your life. Have your life the way you want it. I will do my best to just kind of work around it, because in my understanding, uh, it's A, just morally correct to let them live their life, and if they want to be a different person, I'd be more than happy to help them become that. But if they, that's just who they are, and they're just playing their game how they want to play it, I don't want to screw their game up. I don't want to mess with their their whole thing that's going on, even if it is wrong or right. Uh, whether or not they have coming to them what they deserve, I don't know, and I frankly don't care, because I'm doing my thing, I'm comfortable with what I'm doing, and that kind of gets into the idea of karma. Well, what do you believe on karma? I feel like 
what you do others would eventually come back and bite you in the ass. So you feel like there's always a balance. Yes. Even if, even if somebody, some self-centered person thinks they're invincible, something's gonna happen in their life. And I like the idea of that. I used to, I used to say I like yin yang a lot, but I don't like hey, the way that goes. Check out my necklace. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um, uh, I used to say I like yin yang a lot, but that's not necessarily the case. I would rather say it like. I like the idea of equivalent exchange. Uh, it's a better phrase in my opinion because yin-yang has a lot of stuff already behind it. Equivalent exchange uh, comes from alchemy, I believe, but uh, that's not the sense that I'm trying to go for. Um, instead, equivalent exchange meaning you get what you give uh, based on value. Right, so like the yin-yang, if somebody punches you in the face, you'll get punched in the face later. Equivalent exchange, you get punched in the face, maybe you get kicked in the butt next time. Or, you know, or maybe you don't even get physical, maybe you just lose your job, hypothetically, if that really mattered that much to you, getting punched, or, or so, punching somebody in the face. But um, it also brings up the question, would it be based on how they feel, or how you understand they feel? Or how you feel about doing it. I feel like it'd matter more about how you understand that they feel. Like you know what you're doing to them, right? And so that value of negativity will come back at you at some point. It's like an equivalent exchange. You had something to add to that? Some people just, like, that's when mental conditions come in. Like sociopaths and psychopaths. When they do something to others, they just don't feel what they feel they don't like when they look at a wound a normal person will be like ah if that happened to me ooh psychopath would just look at it with a blank face no no I, emotion whatsoever hypothetically someone could get the idea or convince themselves to just flat out not think about it would they be a psychopath because they chose not to think about it whether they don't want to feel that pain or not necessarily that they can't, just that they aren't. Um, no, I wouldn't think so. I feel like there's some moments, like psychopaths is constant, no pain. So but what if somebody always had the urge to empathize or sympathize, whichever, but they actively avoid it on purpose at all times? I feel like that's a scarred child. I get that. I like I like that. Not that it's a good topic, but I like the way. That was like a quick reaction. I appreciate that. A scarred child. Um, the way they react to things. Like their actions will show that they care about people, but they just they're really. It's really hard for them to express their emotions. No, hypothetically, do you believe? That if you were that scarred child, would you want to eventually throw that out and become who you want to be as a person and possibly start feeling that empathy again, even if you had to force it? Yeah, of course. I have I have really good empathy with my the people that I'm close to. Yeah. You know, like my girlfriend, my dad, or mm. my uncle listing off people you know those are the only three people <laughs> two people oof not me or anything well, like you but it's, it's <laughs> no, not like that I get what you mean yeah, you know what I'm saying I I have I don't know if we're using the right word cause but like is. The, the main problem that I lack empathy is nobody really has a real problem like there's like I don't know if they like to say it or not, but I feel like some people have been through some bad things they just don't express. But all I hear is complaining from people. And and again, with the not screwing other people's game over, even if they're being a butt, like, you also just don't know what they're going through. Yeah. 
Like, maybe, again, you were talking about earlier, maybe they have a mental condition, or maybe they are a scarred person, or maybe they're just having a genuinely bad day. Their dog died, they got fired, and their girlfriend broke up with them. And, like, if, if you were in that situation, what would you want people to react to you like? Like, you come up, you start guns blazing, right? Would you want them to retaliate, or would you want them to realize something might be going on? And then just try their best to be calm. Well, for once, I wouldn't go up guns blazing about my personal problems to random people. If you were broken down to a point where you had no control. Honestly, if I just I just want them to sit there and listen. I don't say anything to me. Don't look at me. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and again, with if I were in that situation where I genuinely had no control and did burst out. I guess I would do my best to take whatever they gave me. If they responded with anger or responded with sympathy or just didn't respond or whatever have you. I feel like I would want to understand, but at the same time in this situation, You've been broken down to a point where obviously you can't control the the anger that comes out at this point. So I guess hypothetically I would probably just continue with the anger. But if I were able to snap back into it, I like to believe that I would come to, to a point of peace and be like, Yo, I'm sorry. Like, this is what's going on. I understand why you reacted like that. You, ha you have a lot of hyp hypotheticals. Like I said earlier, that's all we have to go off of is possibilities, values, how likely this is to happen versus how likely this is to happen. If one is higher than the other, that's all you have to make predictions off of. Now, do you have anything else to add on well, life, purpose, meaning? Well, guys, if you're out there on this floating rock, living in your own universe... Just know people care about you, people love you, whether that'll be your dog, you know. Who's going to feed your dog if you're not there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so stay strong, stay true to yourself, and don't take anything we said serious. <laughs> if, I were, if I were to say a piece of advice, it would be... Understand the value. Say you grow up 10 years, you're constantly abused, and then you come out, you're thinking about doing whatever you're thinking about doing. Think about you have another 70 in front of you. You're scarred, you have that upbringing of just this horrible, almost unbearable personality. But... I would do my best in that situation to throw everything that I was brought up with out and become who I want to be as a person because I have however long in front of me to be that person because once it's behind you, it's behind you. Right? So, uh, again, just understand the value. Uh, and that's kind of a that's a specific example example that that has more meanings to it. But I guess that's all I have to add. In conclusion, guys, people love you. People care for you. Have a good night, morning, or afternoon, and take care.